block of seagulls. Best band ever. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't go that far. Yeah, me yeah. neither. They have two. They have two great songs. What songs? Like, I can't. Awful like, I know part. the name. And, I ran. Uh, I ran? Hmm? How's that? Yeah, go? not like the country. Like, I. Like, I singular ran. Mm-hmm. And I ran. I ran her far away. Okay. I just ran. <laughs> you got it? I thought you were going to sing that song. And then the and other I one. I swear by the power of the by the mother, I'll be there. I'll be there. For better. No. That's not Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> That's not fucking Flock of Seagulls, man. Get the fuck out of here. Is that Casey and JoJo? <laughs> Aren't you a fucking <laughs> munition, man? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> do you think I could rock a do you think I could rock a flock of seagulls there? Do you think I could pull it off? If I walked Did into I, work. Like I have to May seventeenth, like dead ass. Dead ass. Dead I walk ass. into work. And I got the fucking Wolverine quiff on the big fringe. You think I could do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean Good. I think the customers might like, back again. I think the customers might look at you and think you look like a, a nut job, but half of us at the cinema look like nut jobs and I think they're just used to it. So um yeah. Exactly. I think you could do it. I'm bringing it back. Yeah. That dude definitely has like a, a W going on on his head. What is going on? It's like a <laughs> It's like wings. I mean, is that supposed to be the seagulls? The seagull wings, the flock, yeah, is man. in his head. It's like the yeah, yeah, it's the flock of seagull mm. in That's his it. head. It's like it's like it's like a mental breakdown, but in hair form. <laughs> oh, welcome to the Pancho Cinecast. This is presented by the Pancho Cinema. This is your host, John the Vulture, and I'm here today with my llama boy. Oh, and he's got a flock of seagulls haircut forming, and he's ready to go back to work. His name is Phil. Hey, Phil. How's it going? Hey, man. Wait, I'm trying to... Hold on. I'm going to try and do it. Wait. The card with headphones, you know? <laughs> Did that work? Wait, wait. I do this. No, just do that. I took a screenshot, okay. so it's, got, it's, it's sort of there. Because <laughs> you got the little course, now that's... The bit of hair in, in, in your eyes yeah. as well. The, you got to leave that emo shit from last week, man. Like, that was last week's episode, all the emo stuff. Yeah, now it's just a slightly less emo awkward teen film (laughs) (laughs) yeah ladies and gentlemen there's a lot of new stuff going on at the prince charles cinema Ooh, we're gonna be opening on the 17th of may seems like everything's kind of going the right way so phil's got his Mm -hmm. new hairdo ready for it already so you know you guys got to get ready get some tickets get down to the prince charles cinema to see phil's new flock of seagull haircut and while you're there hey there's some stuff on sale like for instance like last, last week we did uh Oh, Ghibli, Studio Ghibli season. That shit went on sale. Andre Tarkovsky, like for the real film bros. We got Showgirls, You Don't Know Me, the the little documentary made about Showgirls. Mm. That's on sale. There's a lot of stuff going on. We even have Fargo, 25th anniversary, gone on sale. And it Mm. made me think, Phil, that's a 1996 film. Are we going to have to like dip our toes back into 1996? I think we'll have to, and I think you'll be disappointed with what I have to say. Oh, really? Are you already oh, like hot takes. throwing shade at Fargo? Throwing shade. 
I just what's wrong with you? This I know every, everybody just dis- <laughs> everybody's like really disappointed just from hearing that. They're like, <laughs> what the fuck? I thought this guy was like full of you know great opinion, and he'd never wrong about movies, but now he's like not big on Fargo. Hmm. I'm not. It's just okay. Well, I guess we're not doing that episode then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to rewatch it. Well, let's get into a little bit of user feedback. Bill, from our Godzilla and King Kong episode, that was a fun, fun boy. Have you had a chance to watch Godzilla vs. Kong? Have you watched that yet? I want to. I would have watched it if it dropped anywhere for free, but it's like you can rent it on Prime for like £16. I'm not yeah. fucking paying that much really for like expensive. a one-off viewing. Um, yeah, I want to try so, to catch it at some point. No, no, not yet, but I want to. Mm. It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be like the only good one apart from Kong Skull Island, which is nice. Yeah, I heard some decent stuff about it today, actually. So If it, de- if it delivers what's in the title, if it's just a lot of monkey lizard action i'm down people keep sharing one gif that's like a direct reference to the original have you seen it where king kong like shoves like a tree in godzilla oh yeah and yeah like choking on it yeah so i was like very happy i was like at least they you got at least they know their roots you know yeah and that's all we want our new pal uh, robbie richmond listened to the episode and he reached out again he said uh guys this was a cracking episode really enjoyed it and as snack time hit, I had to stop myself from diverting my early morning walk route to the all-night garage for a crunch bar and some Monster Munch. And I'm like, dude, what stopped you? But hey, exactly, this man's doing snack time right. He's uh, he's even thinking about it, having the same thing we're having. Someone's doing something right. Mm. Um, so thank you, Rob. Experience. And uh, yeah, thank you. You guys got to do that. You got to have your snack time with us, man. Come on, eat with us. You know, we're doing it for you. We won't tell you what we're getting. So <laughs> you just wait listen, until snack time happens. Yeah, and then you that leave. Episode. You have to pull it. Go. Go out. Get it. Then come back. And listen. down. Listen to it. Yeah. And eat. At the same eat time. With us. And yeah. <laughs> eat with us. Make sure you listen to what we both have. Um, no. No. Screw that. No. You got to. You got to listen to the snack time bit and then stop it after, you know, mention of the first snack, go out and get that, come back, eat that with the first person who's talking. Uh, and then when the snack and snack comes on, you got to stop it again and go back out. Leave. Don't do it yeah. at the same time because yeah, you'll the, ruin it. You don't want to ruin it. Yeah, that's the, you're right. Cause that's the best way to do it. Cause then you have to listen to it and then go back. Yeah. Eat the snack and listen to it again. Or you can just go to the shop and listen to the episode. And when the guy who's asking you what the fuck you're doing, eating the food in the shop, just say, shut up, man. I'll pay for it later. And uh, you just eat what you want to eat while we're eating it. Just say it's snack time on the pot shelf in the cup, and they'll understand. The world famous bit. (laughs) 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 Tell the shopkeepers that, yeah. Oh, we had some more feedback from our our Ghostbusters episode. Oh no! I shared an image of Finn Wolfhard from Ghostbusters Afterlife, asking if people were hyped to see it or to get that Stranger and? Things mess out of here. And we had uh, a mm. couple of very interesting answers. 
One was from Film Fluence Podcast who said, Finn Wolfhard always kills it with his performances, so I'm looking forward to it as I feel like Stranger Things also has a somewhat similar vibe, so he definitely won't disappoint. Phil? That's a, that's a, that's a bad take. Always delivered great performances. What has he been in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great in that, like, a, you know, in that shitty little band he's in, yeah. And it doesn't have the same vibe. It's not the same vibe. One is an 80s movie and one is trying desperately to be an 80s movie. <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> just don't at me, film like fluence. Phil's every, just like breath he takes, you can tell that there's another like, just heated ramble about <laughs> Finn and Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to cut myself off. Yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll say that there was another answer to that that came through. A couple of days ago and it's a little bit more in line with your beliefs and you might you might want to follow this guy it's my pal named paul mm. shout out paul this is a different paul but um shout out paul this shout is a different out another paul. paul other paul uh he his instagram handle is at die angry and uh which is a great name he's my friend from my punk rock days oh nice. I, I randomly met him just met him online and uh, he's down in Florida and he has this badass like punk band and he sings like he's got the n- most amazing like punk voice. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I was like 15, 16 years old and we sent him like our demo. He sent us their demo and we were just like became friends. And then I reconnected with him a couple of years back. So it's like it's always good to hear from him. Oh, and he fun. said the funniest thing. He goes, a major motion picture franchise trying to bite on a trendy streaming TV show for style and some sort of cheap fan credibility is sad as fuck. Finn doesn't wolf hard at all either. Hashtag <laughs> Finn Wolf Soft. <laughs> oh man. Well, he put it better than I ever could. Fin- hashtag Finn Wolf stuffed. He's right, man. It's sad. Did you fucking jump in on the bandwagon? That's my real problem. Yeah. Got nothing against the kid. I don't care. Yeah. Well, Phil, that, I think that's something bit. else that listeners can do when they're eating their snacks at the local, you know, 24 hour garage and the guy behind the counter is looking at them mm. weird. You could just shout hashtag Finn mm. Wolf soft and then they'll also know. Because that's a big thing here on this podcast. They'll know. They get it. Yeah. They'll know. Number yeah, one on Spotify. It. They'll know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last week we were talking about a popular cult classic that, you know, was really influential in our teenage years. You know, and the same could very much be said for today's episode, Phil, from, you know, a film that you thought was about something that ended up being about nothing to a film you thought, well, was about nothing, and, well, it really isn't about anything. Phil, grab your tater tots, your vote for Pedro t-shirt, and practice your best dance moves set to Canned Heat by Jamiroquai for today on the podcast. We're talking about what? Oh, Napoleon Dynamite. Dude, it's only been 95 episodes. Like, you would think that you would know that it's your turn to say the name of the film. Yeah, the way you said it, the way you <laughs> said it, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, he's going to say it. That's weird. And then you, you, right at the end, you like flipped it. And I was like, oh, shit. Come on, get with the program. Because I never deliver a good 
Yeah, you, you never. Know, I never give a good delivery of the title, so I don't know why you keep setting me up for it. <laughs> <laughs> Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. You know, like nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. How was school? Worst day of my life. What do you think? What kind of bike do you have? It's a sledgehammer. Dang! You ever take it off any sweet jumps? What are you drawing? A liger. What's a liger? It's my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mixed. Why are you so sweaty? I've been practicing some dance moves. Trisha's here. Is that my driveway? That's my ride. This sounds like Phil right now. He's out to prove he's got nothing to prove. <laughs> Napoleon. I'm not out to prove anything. <laughs> Napoleon. I, know I have nothing to prove. John Heater, a listless and alienated teenager, decides to help his new friend Pedro, Efren Ramirez. Win class presidency in their small Western high school while getting caught up in his dysfunctional family's misadventures back home. It's the uh, breakout 2004 indie comedy from director Jared Hess. Bill, my takes out the gate. Where you at on Napoleon Dynamite? What is this movie about? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like... What's the fucking point of this? That's kind of what happened. That's kind of what happened in the movie. Like yeah. everything you just said. Yeah. But not really. I mean, there's more stuff. But none of it matters, though, does it? To be honest, like, you know, sitting there watching it the other night, and yeah, and it kind of felt like there actually is no actual story here. These things just happen in, like, one scene, and that's just kind of it. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. That's why I love it. That's my hot take. I think I, Napoleon Diamond, one of a kind. Yeah. It's so wonderfully weird and so off kilter. We, we talked about it. We talked about it the other day where it's like, uh, you know, it's like that indie band that you were really into. Oh, right? yeah. Until, and then everyone jumped on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now it's gone quietly away. Not a lot of people talked about it. Yeah. It was weird. It was like flavor of the month for like a good few years, you know, like it was. Mm. yeah i i first saw napoleon dynamite like in 2000 i mean it would have been the year it came out 2004 or something like that mm. you seen the cinema yeah it wasn't playing in my hometown i don't know how I, I think we just saw trailers we went to see like a film and it was like there was a trailer for it or something i can't remember how i found out about it because it felt like no one knew what the fuck this film was mm-hmm. and i went to see it mm-hmm. like because it looked wild and wacky and a few of my friends we went down 45 minutes out of our hometown to the like a place that actually would show films like that laughed my ass off at it thought it was the funniest fucking thing had such a <laughs> blast and was obsessed with it and went back to school this was like over summer that i saw it so i went back to school and it was like you know august september or something like that talking to friends like oh what do you would you do over your summer vacation and i was just like 
did anyone see that film, Napoleon Dynamite? And like, no one knew what the fuck I was talking about. And they all looked at me like I was fucking crazy. Fast forward, like just a few months later around Christmas time, the DVDs out or MTV's like really fucking pushing it. Everyone's wearing mm-hmm. fucking vote for Pedro t-shirts and like just going, gosh, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh. <laughs> just like fuck off. So it kind of got to a point where it was annoying and that kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you would have hated me. I was one of those kids. Yeah. I had a t-shirt and I was like, obsessed to that movie. I think a bunch of us. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't remember watching it. I don't remember how I watched it. I don't remember finding it. It was just there and it just quickly became like this weird cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was I'm completely confused as well. Even when I did the research on the film, trying to figure out like where that boom happened, it like I don't like because I swear like no one knew it, and then it just was there. It was like really weird. It was kind of hard to like figure out, and, and then gone again. Yeah, because like even when I'm looking at the box office numbers, it like it did relatively well at the box office, and I'm like, oh, maybe they released it in more cinemas or something after it got like. The bit of a yeah, boom maybe it or got something. a bigger release. Uh, or something. Yeah, how are they coming back to it then? Yeah, Actually, coming back to it. Yeah, um, it was really, really good. Did man. it hold up? I had not seen it in a long time. It was still really funny. Like it's still, it's sort of like mm. last week's episode, really. If you think about it, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn between like the hype and stuff and the weird, right. awkward teenager movie and just the kind of storm it time took. travel. You know, time travel. <laughs> <laughs> um few other things surprisingly in Napoleon Dynamite that uh we'll talk yeah. about later. The, the but, creepy yeah. older guy. Yeah, because there's that creepy older dude that was taking photos all the time and Donnie Darko that we didn't talk about. Oh, um, I just meant Patrick Twaidney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patrick Twaidney and Uncle Rico. Yeah. I've not had enough time to digest um all of the last week's hatred and uh <laughs> <laughs> hackness. hackness yeah it's a hack world man we're just living in it and the Napoleon Dynamite is super fun still like it was still fun to watch back and I remembered a lot of things and I was having a good time because I watched this film a lot when I was like in I don't know mm. like 15 or something like that not that it was great just laughing my ass off at it yeah so. me too it's perfect for that age mm-hmm. I think yeah definitely it's that could it disguise it disguises itself as like a teen comedy, but actually about like I mean it is that, but it's like just the really socially broken, awkward teen. Yeah, and it's far more relatable because of that. It's like not in their like movie glamorized version that was just like really weird, but <laughs> yeah. like really sweet yeah. and really funny. And it's just interested in that and just hanging out with these people and what they like. But the story doesn't really matter. Yeah. If anything, it's taking the piss because the story gets more and more absurd and it goes on and then resolves, but nothing's really different. But yeah, nothing matters in this film. No, it's good. It's one of those films that shouldn't work, <laughs> similar to like last week. You know, it like there's it no really reason shouldn't. why this should work, but it kind of does. And it's just like. <laughs> It's funny. Like it's just funny. Again, it's like a, a melding of genres. It's like this, like a like a teen movie coming of age thing, but it's also just like really grounded, like indie movie. Yeah, just it got that like aesthetic, like big, wide, you know, shot of like 
little American town and people in weird shirts and it's got that thing where you can't quite pin it down. Like is this set in the eighties? No, it's actually it's actually set it was set in two thousand four or two thousand five. But they just because they have the internet yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But it just the way they dress I guess just could they're poor kids. Yeah. The way they dress It's in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the yeah, middle of nowhere town that's still stuck in the eighties. But you got that great soundtrack as yeah. well. But yeah. It shouldn't work. But they all come together and it kinda works. Yeah. Kind of fun. And it's weird. Like you you brought up a good point because of like the indie thing about it. Like it basically like I think this is something so like when Napoleon Dynamite, I, I sort of said like when it got super popular, I kind of it's that sort of thing when you feel something's like really special to you. I think I was talking to you about this last week. Um, when you feel something's like mm-hmm. really special to you and then like it just kind of gets so popular that it's just kind of not as fun anymore because it doesn't feel as special. And that's kind of how I felt about Napoleon Dynamite um, because everybody's talking about it and everybody's doing the quotes and everybody's like wearing the t-shirts and it just kind of, it doesn't feel as cool anymore, but it's, it's like, mm-hmm. whatever that I can move past that. That's fine. But then it started to have the Napoleon Dynamite effect on, it's almost like stranger things today, like where everything that was coming out after it started to like copy it or pretend to be it because Napoleon Dynamite was stupidly popular. So it's like, Oh, well we got to have like, you know, like a film about nothing, loose storyline, bad acting on purpose, uh, goofy music, goofy like writing. And there was very few people that could really pull it off. Like, you know what I mean? Like a hard thing to replicate. Yeah. 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 But there was so many Napoleon Dynamite ripoffs. Like that wet hot American summer sort of thing. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's an exact, like of it doing well, like purposefully sort of bad Mm -hmm. where other people would just take the wrong lessons from it. And Napoleon Dynamite part of this is just when American comedy just got really weird. Yeah. Like Anchorman is sort of part of that on a bigger level. Yeah. It's this weird middle ground between like studio comedy and like indie sort of drama. Because it kind of plays like Little Miss Sunshine a little bit, but without any of like the, I guess, drama. I guess the like big emotional beat. Because it's not interested in that. <laughs> yeah. The big ending is a dance routine, yeah. you know? And that's about right for high school. That's just it. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. very funny, like at the dance routine, laughing about how like everyone just got up and did a standing ovation. It was just like this is the most unrealistic bullshit. It wouldn't have ever. happened. Like, fucking people would just laugh and make fun of that shit and just be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like that happened in my high school. Like there would be maybe a few people like, "All right, yeah, yeah all, right. <laughs> all right." You don't you don't put yourself out there, yeah, because it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, it's that guy, and nobody really liked that guy. Yeah. But the dog routine is really fucking good. Pretty funny, yeah. Makes me want to pull. I can, I can do that. <laughs> Practicing it moves. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Little right. Miss Sunshine is definitely a good example of a film that was completely like influenced by the runaway success of Napoleon Dynamite and had its own runaway success, like in a very similar sort of way of getting really popular at Sundance and. You know, there's other films like mm-hmm. Juno and shit like that. That just the quirky is the quirkiness of it. Like, I don't know. Like, you can almost even make a argument that like Wes Anderson got a little bit more twee after Napoleon Dynamite. You know what I mean? Like, it's very Wes Anderson. His his films before Napoleon Dynamite were like a little bit more grounded, but normal and normal and real, and 
little bit of tweeness to it. But then afterwards, it's like the color palettes and everything have just like changed completely. And it's just like become like his style. But it's like very fucking in- indie darling twee bullshit. Like, and they're fun films, but I think it's because he's like good at the it. The storybook aesthetic. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Wes Anderson's good at it. So it's like, it's fine. But like when that mm. starts to get kind of like ripped off by every Joe Schmo who thinks he can make a, a movie, it's kind of like, ugh. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit Just weird. Just shoot it like this. Make everything symmetrical. Make all the <laughs> yeah. colors match and make everyone deliver everything really quickly and built it. Yeah. And there you go. You got to wait that. Yeah. There's a film called The Sas- Sasquatch Gang I saw like shortly after Napoleon Dynamite. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? It's just like this really bad movie with like Jeremy Sumter, Sum- Sumner, Sumner, Sumter. I can't remember the kid's name, but like. Something like that. And uh, what's his name uh, from Tusk? Uh, Justin Long. Sounds They're bad. looking for Sasquatch. Like Carl Weathers is in it as well. Like it's just, it's so stupid. But yeah, no, this is just like three three kids who are like Napoleon Dynamite going out to look for Sasquatch. But last night when I was doing the research for this, I just found out that the, one of the guys who produced it was the same producer who produced Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> so it's like, okay, just assholes trying to cash in still. Like, what if we do... Wait, I have a great idea. I have a great idea. What if we do the same thing again? No? 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 How about Napoleon Dynamite in the woods? How about Napoleon Dynamite on a bus? <laughs> what is that? How about, <laughs> uh, how about Napoleon Dynamite the fair? Like Adventureland. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Oh my God. Napoleon Dynamite. Got you. Um, Got you. In a zombie movie. <laughs> Zombieland. Zombieland. It's just, just the idea. If like John Heater could... Sorry, I always get this meme wrong, but like what Je- John Heater walked so Jesse Eidenberg could run. <laughs> you know, it's just a type of actor, right? Yeah. And John Heater never really had a moment beyond this. Well, he had Blade of Glory. Yeah. But, you know, him and Michael Cera and Jesse Eidenberg, the type, the type of dude. Yeah. And then, yeah, I felt like he never got his due beyond this movie, and this is probably the best version of that guy yeah the least annoying most authentic version of the kid in like number pants drawing pictures of ligand and maybe they're just not that good like you know what i mean like it's like you you can do one role but like i don't know but the other two have made a career off it that's what i'm saying yeah they still play those characters yeah i mean like but they are just awkward themselves. They are awkward, but he had to pretend to be awkward to like, you know. Well, he did it better. He did like, you know, he he did like. I don't know about the other fucking bench warmers. Like, I mean, that's a horrible movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Remember that? Yeah, good God. Fucking Rob Schneider. John Heater. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Well, Napoleon Dynamite was a first full-length film from Jared Hess and was based on his uh, 2002 16-millimeter black-and-white short film called Palooka. He made it while a student at Brigham Young University. So, yes! Oh, no. Like the people (laughs) who created Bubble Boy, the creators of Napoleon Dynamite are Mormons! Dude, this is probably going to be the most boring episode, to be honest. Just like, I'm just going to let you guys know ahead of time. 
because Phil and I are going to try, but Napoleon Dynamite like is kind of a well, it's about nothing really. This film, right? And the people who made it are very boring, and Mm -hmm. like everything about them is boring. (laughs) And uh, yeah, they're just boring Mormons. (laughs) Like I'm just I'm struggling so far. Um, But anyway, Palooka. Follows a super nerdy kid named Seth. His name is not Napoleon at this point, who was played by Hess's classmate, John Heater. Yeah, so John Heater was in the original oh, short film. They were friends. John Heater also is a Mormon who went to Brigham Young. Jared Hess looks just like John Heater. They look, they look exactly the, same. the same. Their names sound Do too similar just look as the well. Same? <laughs> yeah. Is it like a legal requirement yeah. for Mormon to... To be named J.H.? As well, <laughs> like G- oh, I'm gonna say should have been like JC, JS, Joseph Smith. Oh yeah, I'm thinking Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus H Hell. Christ. You know, like Jesus H. Yeah, Jesus H. Jesus H. Yeah, I'm just Jesus H. H. All right, that works. Yeah, we made it. We made it, everyone. <laughs> the joke landed. The joke landed eventually. <laughs> We're throwing them out so far, and they've you know finally yeah. made their way. Exactly, like throwing food at a llama. There we go. Another reference there. <laughs> Dude, that's not out of control. It's out of control. <laughs> it almost kind of works for a film about fucking nothing and just completely stupid if we just do this really horribly. <laughs> just a really bad episode. <laughs> out of control. Just not very excited. <laughs> the Napoleon Dynamite character is just out of control. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so yeah, Palooka follows Seth and you know, it sees a few plot elements that you've seen in Napoleon Dynamite, like throwing a toy out the bus at the beginning and uh, skipping school with a guy named Pedro. So there's a Pedro as well um, to go buy a wig, Good. but not for Pedro. It's for another guy named Gel who did the same thing, got too hot, shaved his head off. So Pedro just became an amalgamation of Gail and Pedro from this short film, Palooka. Okay. Did you ever see Palooka? No, that was interesting. I didn't know it was based off a short. It makes a lot of sense. It sounds like a very artsy movie. Yeah, it was attached to um, the DVD when Napoleon Dynamite came out. So if you've got Napoleon Dynamite on DVD, oh. it's probably on there as a special feature. I do. Yeah. I'll do. I'll check it out. That sounds cool. Have you seen it? it yeah. Can you see the similarity? Yeah. Can you see how one became the other? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's very rough, but, you know, you could see it. Palooka got accepted into the Slam Dance Film Festival, and it was so well rece- received that uh, Jared Hess's Brigham Young classmate, Jeremy Kuhn, convinced him to drop out of school. JC. JC. There's your JC. That's the JC. There's the JC. It's got to be a JH or a JC or JS. Like Joseph <laughs> yeah. Smith. Yeah. Jeremy yeah. Jeremy Kuhn convinced Jared Hess to drop out of school and adapt this into a feature-length film. That's what God would have wanted. Foreman God would have wanted. Uh, So Kuhn came on board as the producer and he found a private investor to help fund the film. I never found out who the private investor was. Tommy Wiseau. Tommy (laughs) Wiseau. Four years after the room. It's like a Tommy movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah. Four years after the room, four you produced Napoleon Dynamite anonymously. No, you would have seen wide no films like four different identities at the beginning. <laughs> he, he would have started Napoleon Dynamite. 
Oh, hi, Pedro. Oh, hi, Pedro. <laughs> you want to go jump school? You're not fat. You could drink the milk if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I do dancing. They all love it. Gosh. <laughs> you ruined my life. You ruined my life by saying not to go dance with me. <laughs> so Jared Hess would Out of control. co-write the film with his wife and BYU <laughs> classmate. Again, another Mormon getting involved. Her name is Jerusha Hess. Another H, J-H. Uh, but Jerusha, Jerusha. What a name. Jerusha. Yeah. And dude, she, did you listen to the very first Galentine's episode we did? Of course. Remember yeah. Sophia was talking about this really bad movie called Austin Land? She said it was like oh my one God, of the worst Yeah, films. Jane Austen movie. Yeah. Did, yeah. Directed by did Jerusha, do Jerusha that? Hess. Amazing. Oh no. Yeah. Amazing. What a weird coinky dink. Yeah. Jared Hess began basing a lot of the story off of his real life upbringing in Preston, Idaho where they ended up shooting the film. And he had like six brothers and his mom owned llamas. So he just started throwing in things like, you know, the fact that his mom owned llamas. Like, so that was like the reason why there was a llama. He said that one of his brothers actually called him from school to ask him to bring chapstick to him. So (laughs) my lips are real bad. (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you need chapstick yeah. dude yeah it's you bad need it. you need it um it's bad yeah you should have a loving brother that would bring it to you would your brother have brought you chapstick exactly. i think so yeah i would like to think Rick, so. a good i wouldn't do the same for him <laughs> to fucking deal with it <laughs> fucking kip over here your mom goes to college <laughs> Dude, that's the best line. What if that it means? <laughs> that's the best, the best line, line in the what entire the fuck film. Did that line mean? That's the best line in the entire film. <laughs> what the film. fuck did that mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe Jared Hess was also a member of the FFA or the Future Farmers of America. So that's why there's the whole weird The milk. I mean, there's the a drinking contest. There is a, a reference to that in Palooka as well. So that's what I mean. There's a lot of like little teeny references. There's that great bit where like the farmer puts out <laughs> puts down the cow. <laughs> yeah. Can't get the gun right. And the bus just pulled in front of yeah. it. Dude. At the gun shot It's one of my favorites. Apparently bits. that happened in Jared Hess's hometown as well. That feels like something that would happen. That's what I mean. Like they're all Mormons. They're in this Mormon town of Idaho. And it just like it all sounds really boring, but all the weirdest shit's happening there. You know what I mean? Like, and that's how <laughs> I think Napoleon Dynamite like happens. Peaks, man. Yeah. Little America and Donnie Darko. It might explain why, why, you know, they've had struggles making better films afterward because they've told their stories. Mm. <laughs> they told their stories all in one go. Uh, all these random fucking bullshit. Like, all you, all you did was like put together like, uh, a big crazy lump of like dumb things that happened to you with no actual structure around it and just had a kid running around like dancing like and then that's Napoleon Dynamite my kind of movie yeah which it works it's kind of like it does it's kind of like uh, last. That's I mean it's really it. like last week man to be honest like one and done everything else has just been kind of a let down since Jared Hess <laughs> is Jared Hess a hack <laughs> 
<laughs> I think Jared has his app. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, no. Oh, no. Bring it back. Can you do a version of Forever Young? But for, forever but hack, hack. Forever <laughs> hack. I want to be forever <laughs> hack. <laughs> no, all right. So, this is my new favorite. Nacho, Nacho Libre. Do you like it? I do, but uh, uh, I have never finished it. You've never finished it? I don't it? know if I've. What? I've, I, I don't know if I've ever heard that story. I went to cinema with my brother to go watch it. And. Like a some Odeon, and the projector cut out like oh, five minutes shit. before the end. No, I never saw the ending, and I was kind of kind of funny until that point. But you know, it might have had an ending that would have blown me away. But like the projector goes out, and then it's nothing, and then it comes back on, and the credits are rolling. Damn, dude! And they were just like, "Yeah, sorry, you know, hit the you know free ticket for next time." And I was like, "Okay, cool, I guess we're done." <laughs> It's like it was over anyway, you know. We're not gonna like restart the movie. I'm like, yeah. okay, just rewind it a little bit would have been nice, but okay. Good old days. Yeah. So naturally, but okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Gentle Gentleman Bronco. Yeah, I'm not but people that, yeah. swear by that one. People like that one, and I haven't seen anything else they've done. Naturally, Brave is all right. I mean, it's got a weird, stupid cult following, just like this film as well. I'm partial to it, but but that's just because I like wrestling. Yeah, I like it because he dies at the end. What? <laughs> ruining oh, Phil's life right now. I don't want to see a movie with Jack Black die. <laughs> if they're like the wrestler, then they just like cut to black. Have you not seen Mars Attacks? No. Did, never, did, did everyone die in that one? Oh no, did Jack Black die in that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he died. He definitely died. No, I'm going to say Demolition Man, but he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't head go. Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, like oh, that two movies I'll never watch, or or he got like evaporated or something, you know. It's very upsetting. Yeah, uh, let's get into the cast: John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. Apparently, Jared Hess sent out his short film and his script to a variety of different casting directors, many of whom thought the idea was too weird or they just didn't like the character of Napoleon Dynamite. Apparently, one suggested that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal should play Napoleon Dynamite over the unknown John Heater. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's back. I'm telling you, man, there's, he could have done there's it. a couple of links to Donnie Darko that make no sense. I'll, I'll throw out another one. Napoleon Dynamite is very bubble boy. It's very bubble boy. Yeah. And the character, I mean, not at the movie. God, no. You know how they used to make those like DVD two packs? Of course. For some reason, someone thought it was a good idea to lump Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> and Donnie Darko together as like a teenage movie pack. Awkward that was teens. our idea. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, there's the connection. Yeah, if anybody wants to know, I have that DVD pack on my shelf, and when I was uh, laying out the episodes here, I just like looked at that, and I was like, "Yeah, there we go." Napoleon Dynamite, Donnie Darko, back to back. That's how we we uh, do this Done. podcast. I'm lying. That's not That's what happened. It was a weird coincidence. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Jared Hess was just like no one could do this, but John Heater. He was the only person that can do the role. Mm. I mean, and it makes sense if you've done this short film already and you know what the character is and he's like very similar. I mean, probably yeah. a little more hammed up in Palooka than he is in Napoleon Dynamite somehow. He's a little bit more reserved in Napoleon Dynamite. Like the Dynamite. look the same? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. The, got the curly hair and the glasses. Yeah. Really the shitty. 
John Heater got his hair permed the night before shooting began. <laughs> but something Fucking went wrong. Man. And John, like, Heater Terrible called it <laughs> called Jared Hess. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I got it. I got the perm, but it somehow is different than it was before. I guess he's talking about when he did the Palooka, um, Palooka. film. And he told Rolling Stone that he showed up the night before shooting and he looked like Shirley Temple and the curls were huge. <laughs> They're like, this might be a little much. <laughs> they just really didn't have time to fix it. So like Hess got his wife, Jerusha and her cousin to repermit and it worked, but two pumped in one day, <laughs> he wasn't, day. his hair must have fucking fell out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he said it worked, but he wasn't allowed to wash his hair for like three weeks. So he just had this like stinky hairdo in the hot Idaho heat for three weeks. And there was like, they're shooting next to the dairy farms and stuff. And there's like all these flies <laughs> flying in and out of his hair. <laughs> That's why the heatoid covered in flies. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. It's just this shit. The movie smells like dirty hair. This you know movie's I mean? gross. Yeah, you know, like be movies have a smell. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is kind of gross. It's very it's just gross. It's hot and there's just egg, eggs and milk and <laughs> uh, like. The FFA stuff is cheese. so disgusting. Just a lot of grated cheese. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of continuity errors in this film, but I, some of it I think they did on purpose. Like when when Kip's grating all so. the cheese and stuff, and like they're just like. Just <laughs> the pile <laughs> gets bigger and smaller. <laughs> Yeah. that's a joke that's clearly yeah. that's clearly on purpose one of the best jokes yeah uh, sorry I just feel like you know to get in the mood for Napoleon Dynamite seeing we're still talking about John Heater Napoleon the character I gotta call it quick snack time thought it was alright you thought it was over but now you're having snack time in lockdown three point it's snack time. 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 World famous snack time. World famous snack time. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this is your chance. Go to your local grocery store and uh, come back. Um, come back to us. Um, we're not going to tell you what yet. Yeah. Go guess. Guess what? We're <laughs> Just go have, <laughs> go have a look. Come back. Come back. <laughs> have a guess. <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah. right, we'll give you free tickets to the cinema. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> yeah. No, we won't. Good. No way of verifying that. Yeah. What um uh, mine is gonna be very disappointing. Yeah. You um, just have an egg. No. <laughs> do you me, but basically, a do glass. you want me to go for it? Yeah, sure, go for it. I have a glass of milk. Uh, <laughs> how long has it been sitting out? A while. Has it been pasteurized? Um, but it's soy milk. Oh it's soy milk. No, it's Phil, soy milk. you know you you're not it's fat, so you can drink the real thing if you want. Like you can <laughs> I know. I know I could be drinking whole milk. Whole milk. Um, but I fat. think I'm fat, so I'm drinking soy milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's been out a while, but soy milk is okay to leave out, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not real. Right? It's, you it's don't like soy just, milk, do you? It's just cardboard. We, we talked about this. Yeah. It's not cardboard, though. It's not cardboard. It's not. I like oat milk. <sighs> so do I, but... Oat milk's great. You know. Best one. 
There you go. He's blowing his bubbles for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you got milk, congratulations. You, uh, you've won a free ticket to the Prince Charles Cinema, but there's no way for us to verify that, so you're not getting it. So... Good on yeah. you though. This one tastes like uh, this one tastes like the cow got into an onion patch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. That bit is so gross. <laughs> so <Gosh>. disgusting. <laughs> like These chickens have talons. <laughs> I don't talons. know what you're saying. <laughs> the one well, guy, the guy. <laughs> That's the most realistic person I've ever seen in a movie, though. That's the weirdest thing about this film. Yeah. It's like... Reminds me of all my uncles. Yeah. It reminds me of every fucking dude I've run into at a bar in Danville, my hometown. Like, this... It's like... Everything about this film is completely absurd, but at the same time, I felt like I've seen all this happen in my hometown, so it's not very absurd. Maybe Mm. that's why I was drawn to it as a kid. It just felt like... Homey. Like... Homie, yeah. yeah, Well, how how many um, like good? <laughs> no, how many Dequan dance mix? How many um, are you? <laughs> uh, it's been out a while, so yeah, three, three, not bad. Just, just go for a solid three. Wow. What do you, what do you have? Tell me something more exciting. I wanted Tater Tot. Yeah. I want a tater tot. There's not a thing here, man. Might have been hiding inside of my uh, pockets, you know? So I had to get them out and put them here. So they've been sitting for a bit as well. No way. I have. You got tots? I got tots. I got tater tots. Pauline, give me some of your tots. No, go find your own. Come on, give me some of your tots. No, I'm freaking starved. I didn't get to eat anything today. Gross! Freaking idiot! Where'd you get tot? Where'd you get tater tot? I made these tater tots. So how about that, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen? What podcast do you know out there who are making special meals, particularly just so that they can eat them on the podcast? For you guys. None. Except for this one. So that's why we're number one on Spotify. I made tater tots, yeah. Those don't look really good. How, tell me how you made tater tot. Uh, yeah, so you they just really get some potatoes, parboil them a bit, then grate them, and then uh, you gotta squeeze all the like fucking juice out of them. It's really gross because they're you know very <laughs> wet inside. So squeeze all that juice mm. out, and then uh, put some flour, salt, some spices if you want, and then I rolled them into like a you know uh, cling film, and like. Like mm. I, I just scooped them out, like like with the spoon into like a lot into like a long line, like you're making oh. a sausage or something, and put it in the freezer so it congealed a little bit, and then cut them mm. into these nice shapes. Nice, and then yeah, fry them. Very nice. They look very even. Pretty good. They have been sitting yeah. out for a bit. Can you give me a touch? No. <laughs> Get your own. Fucking idiot. Gosh! <laughs> <laughs> All righty, how many uh, dance mix did you give him? Hmm. I don't. I, I feel bad. Ra- I can't rate like something I made. You have to rate your own. Just you have to like what you make. Could who else is going yeah. to? You know. Be honest though. I I put them before we record it to heat them back up inside the oven, and they kind of made them better than they were the other day when I've made them fresh. So. Um, 
They're not bad. Leave them out. That's the they're not bad. I would give them. I'll, I'll give them a four. Four Dequan's dance mixes. They're not perfect. No, they're they're pretty good. Nice. Do you hear that sound? Wow, that was a fucking good crunch. Snap and pull. Yeah, man. <laughs> what are we <laughs> doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> this is the weirdest episode. Out of control. <laughs> out of control. Out of control, John. <laughs> The name uh, Napoleon Dynamite, Jarrett Hess claims, came from a man that he met on the streets of Cicero, Illinois in 2000 when he was doing some Mormon missionary work. Great. But Elvis Costello once went by the name Napoleon Dynamite back in the day. And particularly on one of his albums, Blood and Chocolate, he had an early album from like 86, I think, called where his name was Napoleon Dynamite. And he claims that that's like there's no way that it's a coincidence that like they, he stole didn't he? he stole the name. I wish he would have. That would have been really fun. It would have made this episode a little bit more interesting. <laughs> it's fucking. Well, we could have thrown in the uh, could have thrown in the uh, lawsuit thing. Yeah, yeah, an original name lawsuit. So I'm just enjoying these thoughts. Just enjoying my thigh milk. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna choke on this. Very impressive. Mm. That's the most effort any snack time has ever garnered. I mean, you see the disparity here in effort <laughs> in terms of snack time. <laughs> One took days to make. Days. The other just poured into a glass. Yeah. There's a lot to process <laughs> with that statement. Even Phil himself didn't even um, realize. You know, right? Well, didn't realize we were on the passive aggressive cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, Napoleon's obsessed with ligers and stuff, and he's talking about they're his favorite because they have skills and ma- magic. Or they're bred for their skills and magic or whatever. It's complete bullshit. Are ligers real? Ligers do exist. Yes. So they're a okay. crossbreed of a lion and a tiger. And okay. my theory is the obsession that Napoleon has was probably inspired by this place in Idaho called Liger Town, where in 1995, <laughs> authorities had to kill 15 full-grown African lions after they escaped from this compound called Liger Town. The animals they were out of control. Out of control. The animals are out of control. Where were the zookeepers? How do you let 15 fully grown lions just escape like that? This is the weirdest they to kill story, 15 lions. This facility also housed ligers and wolf dog hybrids. Hmm. It sounds basically kind of like Joe Exotic, like just a Tiger King style, like illegal mm. facility that they cat, may yeah. have been charging people to come to, or it might have just been some crazy fucking person who like had these animals. But yeah, fifteen escaped, had to be killed. There was like all these kids who like couldn't go to school and stuff, and people were told to keep their dogs inside and their animals inside. But even crazier was it when. They went to like try to go shut down this place. There was an unexplained sign outside the compound that read Liger Town Church of the Guardian Alien, an equal opportunity cult. 
What? Why aren't we talking about that? I don't know. Like, it's way more interesting. That's definitely than the a breadcrumb. <laughs> yeah, it's a breadcrumbs episode. Like a town. The animals are out of control. All right, let's let's get to it. Um, the dance routine. How many weeks of training did it take? Uh, I want to know. It, did he choreograph it? Did he memorize it? Did they work on it together? Because it's the most impressive part of the movie. I was hoping... The meme in itself. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that I was going to find all this fun info about like what was going on with this, this dance number. But, I mean, it mm. seems like originally it was the result of having extra film stock while they were shooting Palooka. Jared Hess realized he had about a minute extra film and he knew that John Heater liked to dance around and he was wearing these stupid moon boots and he was just like, all right... Like, let's film this. And it was jokes about, like, John Heater's, like, dancing and stuff. And I think it, they, they, it sort of all built up. Like, it was this whole thing. Like, like we know we have to end this, this film, the feature-length film, with this big dance. And we know that's what's going to have to go down. Yeah. Yeah. But it felt like mm. they didn't really, like, choreographic Planet? very hard or plan it very hard. When it came time to film, like, I think it was that sort of thing of, like, it was a lot of talk. <laughs> like, no one had actually, like, tried very hard. And John Heater just kind of went up. And, but people have, like, memorized it now. Yeah. Did he just improvised it. He improvised the dance to three different songs. And Jared Hess took the But one of them Jamiroquai? Yeah. There was two Jamiroquai songs. Oh, and he cut them together. Yeah. So okay. there was Can. Like it has to be Jamiroquai. <laughs> yeah. It was Can Heat, and then there was another song, and then a third song that I'm not sure who the artist was. But like, Jared Hess took the best moves basically from each song and put them into one routine using Can Heat. <laughs> That's interesting. Can people have, yeah, maybe people have like taken that, memorized it, yep. created it. And impressively so, because they, they don't really match some of the footage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's clearly just the best bit thrown together. That dance is so good, though. It's so impressive. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. His face, his face, his body is like made out of rubber. And then it just ends. Yeah. And he just runs off. <laughs> it's one of the best bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why, you know, you don't need a big speech at the end from Pedro. All you need is Napoleon dancing. Yeah. And all his problems are soft. Speaking of Pedro, it's played by Efren Ramirez. I gotta say, like Vote my favorite bit. For my me. favorite bit is just Pedro having his speech on stage. Though it's so fucking funny. I never realized how funny that so, speech was. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like talking about putting Catholic statues <laughs> into the hallway. Would he's be like, pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He's like El Santo Nino de Atocha is a good one. My aunt Concha has seen him. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> dude another really funny actor who again never really got in prop maybe he just maybe just pedro he was really good at that character yeah only other thing i've seen him in is like i think he did that employee of the month yeah movie? with uh dane cook the dane cook movie yeah yeah, yeah. dak shepherd dak shepherd oh, he's God, like gosh. a sidekick in the, yeah you know, remember dak shepherd dude Without a paddle, bro. Efren Ramirez was 31 when he made this film. And 
he's actually had a You're fucking lying. He's to me. 31. John Heater was like 26, apparently. I can buy that. Yeah. But he just got that face. Yeah. 31. 31. He looked 16. <laughs> he's got that fucking mustache. You know? <laughs> yeah, but like so did I in high school. <laughs> did you? You were one of those kids? Yeah. Like a sent to I had the like the bum fluff, like really store. thick. To get some fucking beer. Yeah, pick up some beer. Yeah. I had sideburns and like a little mustache <laughs> and like a little like bum fluff on the chin. Nice. Like everything was growing too fast, too early. <laughs> it's fucking testosterone boy. 31. Out of control. Yeah. Out of control. My testosterone boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was 31. And he, dude, he actually had a little career on him. Like before he made Napoleon Dynamite, before? I never knew this. I never looked Oof. up. I knew he was in Employee of the Month, but I never looked up his films. He appeared in Tammy and the T-Rex and Kazam when he was younger Cinema classic. in the 90s. So look out for Efren Ramirez. Pedro's got his sledgehammer bike that uh, he takes off of sweet jumps, you know, and uh, <laughs> got like three feet of air that time. <laughs> oh my god and he's like mind if i try real quick <laughs> so bad oh napoleon's crash is so bad yeah. again it's perfect it's not like yeah like any other movie he'd go fucking flying into a, a, a house right but it's just <laughs> yeah. so shit and so small and the handlebar just like go into it nuts <laughs> yeah there's quite a few <laughs> things really that are like people. i think just real it's great that they just had him do <laughs> uh we had tina majorino as deb oh man I remember seeing her in this and just being like, what the fuck? Like the kid from fucking Karina, Karina and Andre and fucking Waterworld. What is she doing in this? What the Andre, hell? yeah. They all graduated to Napoleon Dynamite. What a weird life that when must be. Died. The girl from Matilda Busy or something? <laughs> <laughs> she retired by that point. So Deb is based off of, like I said, Jerusha Hess. I don't know if I said this earlier, but anyway, Drusa Hess was sort of like responsible for helping with like the female characters. Um, so she like was writing those elements to a script. And Jared mm-hmm. Hess told Rolling Stone that Jerusha, Jerusha's mother, God, I can't say her name. It's so weird. It looks like Joshua, but Jerusha, <laughs> Jerusha. Um, her mother made her Goddamn a dress when she was going to a middle school dance. And she said, it, I hadn't really developed yet. So my mom overcompensated and made some really large fluffy shoulders <laughs> and some guy dancing with her. Yeah. I like your <laughs> sleeves. Like what actually happened? Some guy patted them and said, like, I like your sleeves. They're real big. <laughs> Tina, <laughs> Tina Majorino is like, like Deb is just like constantly seen eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> She's like apparently allergic to like peanut butter. <laughs> so like, and they made her eat it. Anyway. Yeah, you gotta, you're gonna fucking eat this. You're gonna die for this movie. <laughs> you want to be back in a big time, right? <laughs> that Andre money is never not gonna last forever. <laughs> that's, so, that's so grim. <laughs> so fucking. I mean, that's like Jared has. That's this, what you're telling me. This guy. <laughs> This guy who has no idea how well this film is going to do yet is telling her, you want to get back to the big time, right? 
<laughs> and he just moved the plate in front of her. <laughs> yeah. They are Mormon, dude. Mormon to fucking weird. They don't believe in anything. <laughs> they don't believe in allergy. <laughs> Aaron Ruel plays Kip. Dude, this guy came from fucking nowhere and hasn't really done Kip anything. The show. He hasn't done anything since. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. He doesn't look like Kip outside of the movie. <laughs> you wouldn't recognize it with him. Yeah. But it's like all the opportunities. You can't like bank off it. Yeah. He's great. He like steals the show. He's so funny. So like funny. you like we were saying, the best line it is. Yeah. Your mom goes to college. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> You're just jealous because I've been talking with babe online all day. Yeah. What is he doing? Like he's thirty two or something like that, living at home mm-hmm. with his grandma. Yeah, the- on the fucking I'm internet. Getting pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm training to be a cage fighter. <laughs> It'd be really nice if you could uh, pull me into town. I love how sweaty Napoleon looks when he's pulling him as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like struggling again. I don't know if it's he's like messing with like the gear or something. And it just looked like they took like the worst bit of the take, and that's what they used. <laughs> yeah. Like him almost falling. And they're like, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Ruel actually had like braces put onto his teeth for this film. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think he had a lot of room to like sort of improvise bits. Like, so, you know, he's like sitting at the computer at the beginning of the film and he's just like saying all these things. Like, you know, he's like sort of, it's almost like he's like either dictating what he's writing or like, or he's reciting a poem or something like that at the computer. And like mm. grandma just sort of comes in and walks by him and he's just like singing almost. <laughs> it's like him just making shit up <laughs> as he's sitting there. It's really funny. Such a good character. Yeah. Man. Kip is hilarious. Like, yeah, them trying to sell Tupperware. Yeah. Like, what the? Yeah. Let's get into it. Then John Grease is Uncle Rico. So, I mean, another wig. Oh my God. A lot of wigs in this movie. Yeah. Uncle Rico, man. Uncle Rico is so sad. <laughs> like every when I rewatch yeah. it now, that character is just sad. So sad. Like now that I'm getting up there in yeah. age, I relate to Uncle Rico. You know, ooh, back in '82, you I know, just, just fucking ooh. just go back. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. In, it's just this dude pining yeah. for his high school years. Back in '82, I could throw a pigskin a quarter mile. <laughs> How much you want to bet I can throw a football over the there? <laughs> so sad. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like while he's pining for the years, while his nephew is like going through the worst time of his life in high yeah. school, and his other nephew is like <laughs> wasting no those connection, wasting his youthful years. Exactly. Like, it's great. It's great yeah. to just have all of them together at completely different points in their life. There's a lot of weird ways you can look at it as well, like. They, there's a lot of strange sort of, I don't know, like animosity around Napoleon Kip. They hate and Uncle Rico. Rico. Yeah. yeah. Like before he mm. shows up. Well, Napoleon hates Yeah. Him. Before he shows up and it makes mm. you wonder like, why? I mean, you can make it. If you don't want to like look too deep or try to draw any sort of like come to any sort of conclusions, you could just look at what actually shows up. He comes in the over film and, and he an eats asshole. all that steak. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. But it's also sort of like, was there anything else that happened when they were younger? I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, we meant, we mentioned that earlier, but where, do, where is Napoleon's family? Where are they? Who knows? 
yeah, it's this thing the film never talked about. But if you think about it too much, the little duck doesn't have any, yeah. doesn't have parents, lived with his grandmother. Yeah. And there's this one uncle who, when he's not there, is just hanging out, living out of a van <laughs> in like a wheat field. Who may or may not have a, a woman, an aunt, like a, there, there might be an aunt. Like he, he said, was it who Tammy left him or something? Is that, is that the woman who left him? Coming back to him? That we, well, me and Dusty talked about it when we rewatched it. Who do you think that woman is at the end? Isn't it just a woman riding by who's like asking for help or like, you know, who's wanting to stop by and talk? Or isn't it Tammy? Like she, yeah. he, he looked just kind of, he looked kind of relieved and she looked at him like she knows him. Yeah. But it's like, I'm, I'm going to assume why? it's the aunt. Is she coming back? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I love the little things that John Grease does though, like, or, Ooh, how do you say his name? Grease, 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 whatever. When he's sitting there like, like fucking like with his arms crossed and he's just like looking down while Always showing off his muscles. He's just like pumping his muscles and looking at <laughs> It's so funny. And there's nothing there, dude. It's so yeah. funny. He's like, like him and Kip are just hilarious about this. together. Like just their little schemes and stuff. The Like the him, oh man, the scene where he's like, you know, do you know it backwards and forward? <laughs> yeah. Well, the scene where they're like, they're selling the fucking Tupperware and like, he's just getting that guy. He's like, yeah, you look like a strong fellow. How about you? <laughs> you like try to uh, just tear it. He's like, can't, can't do try it. To, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. He's like, yeah. and then his wife just like, so disappointed in him. <laughs> if you order today, you can get this nice uh, sailboat. <laughs> oh, I want that. I want that. <laughs> I I have a theory that Uncle Rico oh, is like a massive player. Like, I mean, obviously you can see it a little bit, and it's on it's on like it's on display. Like, oh, he took, yeah, he is hooking up with the the women, like the yeah, mom around. There's town. yeah, yeah, you know, that definitely happened. You know when Napoleon's getting the ride to the to the the dance, like in. He has to run. Yeah, and then he has to walk. Yeah, and he he walks and then luckily Pedro's cousins show up and give him a ride. I'm assuming mm-hmm. Rico was doing something with that old lady. Um Oh definitely. But yeah, so I think Rico, when he did that, he was he was doing that on purpose to make the guy look weak <laughs> in front of the woman. <laughs> He's just laying seeds. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I've got to go deliver the order, like, later, you know, <laughs> close yeah. the deal. But then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see, you can see it later with, uh, when he's trying on with uh, Rex's wife. And he's just like, he's like stood over her with like, the pot of <laughs> yeah. pan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. And then Rex comes in and he's just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Chandrella Avery is the founder. So Lafonda is great. I mean, she just comes on. Why I, is Kip like fucking catfishing her? Like, what is going on? Is he telling her that he's a cage fighter? No, no, that's the nice thing about it. You think he's getting catfished? <laughs> yeah. And he thinks he's talking to this woman, and then she he had the bus, and she comes out, and he like smiled, yeah. and she turned him into like a gang. Yeah. <laughs> he starts wearing like sweats and fucking chains, and gives Napoleon the. Uh, Dot stuff. Yeah. She completely changed it, Kip. Yeah. It's great. Kip like finally get to move on from his life. 
Okay. With her. Another question. Peace out. Peace out. Is uh, yeah. LaFonda's cousin Jamiroquai? Yeah. Yes. This is your cousin, Marvin Barry. <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of yeah. joke, yeah. Uh, due to the film's surprise success, though, at festivals and its limited release, Fox Searchlight actually like re-edited the film to add in that five-minute epilogue at the end of the film. So don't stop at the credits next time you watch it. Just keep on watching after the credits because there's, there's an epilogue? epilogue to the film where Kip gets married to LaFonda and he sings her a song. Always and I forever. Did I did do that, yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it this past time, but then I like when I was doing the research for it, like I found it. And I was like, oh, online. I've seen it before. Like I so I must have watched it one day. But yeah, there's this whole like rap and napoleon comes in on a horse and apparently that whole scene cost like half of what the entire feature cost to make so for like five minutes of footage but chandrella and they were like where were you before (laughs) chandrella avery though like apparently jared hess like hit her up before she came out to shoot that scene and was like Hey, do you remember when you were shooting here in preston idaho like there was no black people here it was only white people uh do you have any family that might want to come out and be a part of the film? So, like, that was her actual family who were at the wedding. That, that's really nice. <laughs> it's, like, really funny. That's funny. The one dude just, like, puts his hand at on his face. And she goes, like, I do. And he's like, no, damn. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, really? All right, let's get into some of these other cast members. We got Haley Duff as Summer Wheatley. Haley Duff. Hillary Duff's. Lindy, Lindy McGuire. Yeah, her sister. older sister. Really funny. Crazy. She's pretty funny in this as well. Um, and then our friend Trisha Stevens is played by Emily Keenard or Kennard. We have my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the entire film, to be honest, is uh, Summer Wheatley's boyfriend, Don Trevor Snar. Holy shit. Really? Don is so fucking funny. I think it's because I have a friend back home that was exactly like him. Like this, this airhead sort of blonde haired douchebag sort of guy that I was just sort of friends with. He's got that air about him. That's great. Like I was friends with him since I was a kid. So it's like that sort of thing that you just kind of like ignore how fucking just douchey he kind of is. <laughs> like, well, there's like bit where he's like watching, I think it's when he's watching summer, the summer do a dance routine. Yeah. Just the something happy hands stupid. bullshit. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, the happy hand thing. That's it. And he's just there like, oh, yeah, to the, like dancing, to the like fucking Backstreet Boys. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and he, and he stands up. Nobody else yeah. stands up. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, like, so gross. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Hey, Don, can I have a button? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeet. The original lol yeet. It's, I think it's just because of how bad of an actor he seems to kind of be, or maybe he's just unsure of like what he's supposed to do. It's just so good. Like He's just sort of like... They're, that sort of like huffing and puffing. They're playing like those characters in, in like a real teen movie. <laughs> yeah. In like an American pie. <laughs> Yeah, but they're not making America. Yeah, they're making Napoleon Dynamite. So it actually really works yeah, well. It's so fun. Uh, we have Sandy Martin, Max Mom, as the grandma. Oh yeah, which is great. Doom buggy. I was always good to see Max Mom always playing the same character. <laughs> Make a dang quesadilla. <laughs> um, yeah, leads me to a new segment I like to introduce. New segment. A few years ago, the Prince Charles Cinema. 
this man by the name of Tyler, the creator, mm-hmm. he rented out the cinema for a golf wang thing. You know, his Wolfgang golf wang, <laughs> oh, whatever cool. thing. Yeah. Uh, a future kill him all. Yeah. And uh, had a, had a, like a thing where he was doing autographs with his whole crew of people and a bunch of skateboarders and stuff and selling merchandise. And uh, then he invited like 300 people to come into the screen and watch Napoleon Dynamite on 35 millimeter. That's like a favorite movie, right? Because it was his favorite movie. And it was the most badass That makes a lot of sense. There was so many security guards that like- I wish I was there. We had nothing to do. And Tyler, the creator, came upstairs and was just hanging out with us, like taking photos in the kiosk, like because he had these special like golf wing cups and boxes for his for the popcorn and stuff. So he was just like talking to us, and so just cool. like really funny. And uh, yeah, so oh, in honor of Tyler, the creator, Tyler, the legend, and his, one of my favorite mm. songs called "Pothole." I have a new segment called "Plot Holes" for the Potholes and Cast. Look, I love Tyler, the creator, but. Another segment. You think yeah. that's what this show needs? Another segment. I'm sorry. The show's already two hours long, man. I mean, are you? Did you write a theme song for it? Did you write it's a, got theme a theme song? song of course, for it's it? got a theme song. For it. Got a theme. Of course, it has a fucking. Theme of course, song. it has a theme. No, no, song. go ahead, do it. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. Fine, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Not like I have stuff to do. You know, finding mistakes in the writing. Watch out for the plot holes. 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 The grandma, Sandy Martin, is the grandma. She, just before she leaves, she tells Napoleon and Kip that she will be back the next day, and she walks out. But as she's before she walks out, the audience can see that there is a yellow teddy bear magnet on the refrigerator with nothing underneath it. The very next day, Napoleon gets home from school and there's a note on the refrigerator under that yellow magnet that reads, Napoleon, don't forget to read Tina, love grandma with the smiley face. By this time, though, the grandma has already had her accident. And she was in the hospital, which means that she would have never had the opportunity to come home and leave that note on the refrigerator, which means Tina would have never gotten fed or should have never gotten fed. And Tina would have died. So Tina should have been dead. It's a big plot hole. Plot hole. Um, I rewatched it plot to hole. verify. I'm glad you pointed that out. Grandma walked out. She walked out. So Definitely I mean, walked out. Big... And there's nothing on the refrigerator? There was nothing, saying on, there's the nothing on the refrigerator. There's nothing That's there. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Shameful. It's embarrassing. Yeah. How did they even release the movie? You gotta look out for the plot holes, man. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> Dietrich Pater plays Rex. Rex Quando. There we go. Rex is my favorite. Apparently Brad Garrett and Jack Black were both nearly like they were going to play this role. For some reason they didn't. I don't know what happened. Oh but, man. No. Dietrich Bader is the man. Dietrich Bader was brought on. Yeah. He plays it so well. He says it's uh, so funny. He filmed it in one day, and he says it's one of his top two scripts he's ever read. And uh, alongside Office Space, it's one of his most recognized roles. So yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, those two, two, and like just at the voice, two of his best roles, and he got an amazing voice. He used to voice Batman on one of the cartoons, Brave and the Bold, and he did Jane Bob track back, and he's always funny. He just always yeah. got, he's always like up for it. And Rick Quando is like, I think the guy I quote the most. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, I just love, I want to do that for Halloween one day. Just yeah. the American flag, flag trousers. Yeah. 
and the thing and just him kicking the shit out of Kip always makes me laugh. <laughs> Do you want to get a round ass to the head with <laughs> one of these? <laughs> yeah. You want to look like Peter Pan so. over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just good. the bit where he like, you know, put he'd like, you know, grab my arm. Other arm. Other arm. My other arm. <laughs> just break the wrist really, and walk just, away. Break the wrist yeah, and walk away. Wrist, walk away. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. And it's just a dodge. It's just like a little yeah. clip around the head. <laughs> it's so How relatable funny, though, because like, like I had a karate should instructor be more that was exactly like this. Like a American karate instructor. The studio looked exactly the same. And he was full of shit. Like completely full of shit, my karate instructor. So yeah. Let's get into the music. Original score was done by John Sweetheart. JS. Shit. Another JS. There we go. The Joseph. He's probably a Mormon as well. I don't know. It's like he got his big breakout yeah. doing this film. So who knows? Bunch of cabana lounge music, basically, with like electric piano and organs. Again, it's really weird. It kind of sounds like preset music that you would find on an old Casio keyboard that like Napoleon might have found at like a thrift store or something. It's great. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. It fits. It's really good. It's really worked yeah. for the movie. Yeah. Of course, we have Jamiroquai's canned heat for the dance scene. We've talked about that enough. And then, mm. this is really weird. All right, so we, we've mentioned time after time already, right? No, Forever Young. Forever Young? It time after time in the movie? It's time after time, right? When the time after time play? In the dance. What, at the prom? Yeah. No, the Forever Young is playing. Time by after Alphabet. time. No, it's forever young. I want to be. Do they both play? Don't fight me on this, dude. I don't know. Google it. I'm pretty sure in time after time, nine. They must be both playing. I think when it starts, forever young is playing, and then maybe time after time plays after. Just ignore me. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about forever young a bit. They're both in it, though. It's a great time. They're kind of the same song. They're playing at the same time. They're the same they the song, same though. Time. They're like that sort of song, Forever Young and Time After Time are like one of those songs where you can be like, Forever Young, Forever Young, I want to be Forever Young, Time After Time. And it just works. Like, you could just keep singing They it go into each be, other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, the, the Time After Time does play at the dance scene. And at, at the but dance. it's not the OG. But it's not the Cindy Lauper version. It's a, it's a band called Sparkle Motion. Like Donnie Darko, Sparkle yeah. Motion? Very weird. That was the band? That was the real band? There was a band called Sparkle Motion. It's not the band from Donnie Darko. Mean, because those are girls dancing. I don't know. Was it because of yeah, Donnie I, Darko that they called themselves Sparkle I'm pretty sure Motion? that band broke up. Yeah. You know, I doubt their commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> they released something in 2019. Their commitment to oh, Sparkle shit. Motion is pretty strong. Do you, could you imagine being strong. in a band called Sparkle Motion and getting upset at like someone who's not taking the band seriously and you just like, I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. You're gonna, we're going to have to let you go. Um, How is that not the name of every <laughs> album they ever released? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're never going to get better than that. Yeah. The film was shot in Preston, Idaho, like I said, in tw- July tw- 2003, over 23 days. God, they really should have just stretched it out for five more days, you know? Five, five more day, days? That Come on. Fuck. Five more days? That's all you what need. What's the to point? Uh, operating on a tight budget of $400,000. God damn, made for nothing. I think Preston just kind of became a famous little place after this film came out. and That's really like, sweet. Yeah. And now people go there and they're like, fuck, it's full of Mormons. <laughs> the producer 
Jeremy Kuhn, he edited the film in a nine-day cram session using Final Cut Pro for the first time, <laughs> like he had never used it before. And um, he said they spent about a year assembling their crew, and 95% were just friends from BYU Post Department. So uh, people would just come in to check on him. I love that. And didn't know. He That's did, really cool. He was like, I didn't even know what day it was. He's just like sitting there cramming, <laughs> editing this shit. <laughs> Yeah, they don't print that button. They'll delete all your footage. <laughs> How do I get a star wipe? This movie needs more star wipe. I want it to look like Star Wars. Oh man, Napoleon Dynamite just had like a star, star wipe. Be great. <laughs> it would fit. I feel like it would yeah. fit. Napoleon Dynamite looks like like a Christian group making a YouTube video. <laughs> That's what it. It got that feel like early yeah. two thousand. You know. Like yeah. Jesus is my homeboy. That's one of those videos. Yeah. Well, it was released at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2004, and it was such a hit that it created a big bidding war between Warner Independent Pictures and Fox Searchlight over the distribution rights to the film. And Fox ended up winning at a last-minute bid of $4.75 million, and they were later joined forces with Paramount and MTV Films to distribute the film, which was released in June of 2004. And despite a very limited release, Napoleon Dynamite was like just a really big success. Like I said, it was an estimated budget of around $400,000. And then less than a year after its release, it grossed $46 million. Fuck. Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> you know, you never, you never would think of Napoleon Dynamite as being inspirational, but it should be because that's just a bunch of people who like, we think this is funny. We think this could work. And it just like making it on a shoestring and then selling it for four and then it making 10 times that amount. Like clearly there's an audience for it. That's just unbelievable from like probably just how it started to how it ended. I mean, how it's still going. It's just weird. It blows my mind with something like that. Something so niche like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a runaway success. It was kind of crazy. Like, doesn't make sense how it happens. Like, apparently when they premiered at Sundance, they didn't even have the opening credits for the film. And eight months before the theatrical release, Fox Searchlight had Jared Hess film a title sequence that made it clear that the film took place in 2004 and not in the 80s or the 90s. So that's the reason why I like Napoleon's ID, school ID, that says the school year 2004-2005 is on there. And uh, yeah, oh, like the whole the food, yeah, the whole food credits, like at the very beginning, it's a really sort of playful thing that I feel like has been done to death now, like yeah. since this film. But Definitely. like that was actually Aaron Ruel, Ruel's idea. Oh, to shoot it like that? Yeah, it was Aaron Ruel's idea. Um, the guy who played Kip, it was his idea That's to great. do all the food. And it was shot in the home of the director of photography's house. And that's so great. Like Fox Searchlight didn't like John Heater's hands due to his hangnails. So they had a they hired a hand model to come in for some of the shots. Was it David Duchovny? Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Took his hand out of storage. So they flew out a, a hand model a couple weeks later and he had like great hands, but it was like five or six shades like darker than john heaters so so if you look at it there's like three different dudes hands in the opening credit hollywood is weird man yeah you know so strange like who gives a fuck yeah 
Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film one and a half stars, oh. writing that he felt the movie makes no attempt to make Napoleon likable and that it contained a studied stupidity that sometimes passes as humor. <laughs> but it's okay, because the film generally had favor- favorable reviews, with many people finding Good it charming it. and funny. Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone magazine complimented the film, saying that Hess and his terrific cast, uh, Heater... Heater is a geek perfection, make their own kind of <laughs> deadpan hilarity. You laugh till it hurts. It's sweet. And also, our good boy, Jonathan Demme. What a man. Director Jonathan Demme. He uh, basically was one of these like Hollywood celebrities who was interviewed for this book called You Gotta See This. And in the book, he said that Napoleon Dynamite was one of his favorite films and that they did something new on the oh, screen. Oh, man, what a bro. And delighted him. What a dude. What a dude. The Napoleon Dynamite problem has been used to describe like a phenomenon where like quirky films like Napoleon Dynamite or like a Lost in Translation or I Heart Huckabees, like these weird fucking oh, movies that like yeah. they're just really hard to like market. And it's difficult mm. for researchers to create algorithms to like predict whether or not people will like these films. <laughs> so like Yeah. In 2006, Netflix had this thing called CineMatch, which was their like algorithm recommendation service. And uh, it was like a software, basically. And they had a contest where they were trying to see if anyone could like make CineMatch's predictions at least like 10% more accurate, and the person would win $1 million. And there was a computer scientist named Lynn Bertoni who had a lot of trouble trying to predict whether or not Napoleon Dynamite would to like be a hit or not, or people would like it. And he said it was just really polarizing because Netflix ratings are either one star or they're five stars. <laughs> and that was sort of the thing about yeah, Napoleon yeah, Dynamite. You either between. love it or you fucking hate it. Or you hate it. I don't know. It's kind of like uh You say that, but like I've never it's like a my might thing. Yeah. Yeah, you say that, but I've never seen I don't know anyone who like hates the movie. Move. you know, like everyone I know who had seen it love it. But maybe it's my it's like-minded people. Yeah. Because it's so weird and different and what new at the time. And like what a useless criticism to be like, oh, I make no attempt to make Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite when they're clearly doing something <laughs> different. They're clearly working on another level. That's you projecting all these fucking rules you have from any every other movie onto this one. And there's a problem with movies like it and Napoleon Dynamite gets away with it because it's funny. Yeah. And I think you could get away with more in comedy in general. And you don't, you can break most of the rules. But that's also what's appealing about it is that it's so not a mainstream movie. It doesn't bother, like, you know, following all the key steps of story structure like every other fucking script does. It's so anti that. And because of that, it's so natural and real in a way most movies can never be. Yeah. And that's what's. That's what's good about it. And so I can see how it'd be. I mean, and studio, their whole thing is like, can we predict, you know, it's an algorithm, right? They're like, if we put this guy in a movie and we have this person direct it, it should make this much money. And this is how we stay in business. And this is how we decide to greenlight things, greenlight things and how much money to put into things. But if Napoleon Dynamite makes money, you're like, what the fuck? What makes money? It's like yeah. when Eden Ryder came out in yeah. 69 or whatever, Hollywood was like, what? Or Bonnie and Clyde. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we don't know. We don't fucking know. What? Yeah. And it should lead into like a renaissance of like, you d- studios don't know what make money. 
nobody does. Just let people make movies. Yeah. <laughs> make them as good as possible and people will find them. And now they have every avenue to find them. It's even easier. It's weird. Napoleon Dynamite would have a bigger and smaller thickness today, I think. It could reach more people on like a Netflix and everybody watches what's on Netflix. But like, you know, you talk about it once and there's no, yeah. the conversation ends right there. And like, it might even have never had the chance to stand out because there's so many other things like it online. So it's, again, very right place, right time. Absolutely. Because it doesn't make sense otherwise. It's like, how was this film so popular? How did it get such a following? Why were people like... Again, it's that internet humor fucking before it was a thing. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Because, it, you know, it's like, of course, like the form of, I think like something just living longer, like from a film will just be like meme meme culture like on on the internet today like mm. you know people sharing the yeah. uncut gems like i'm i'm gonna come meme or something like that like you know just like the like <laughs> uncut gems is like a weird yeah, one yeah. where people still still talk about you know like mm. but yeah you're very much like onto something there like that like if it came out today like people might talk about it but it'd be like the same as people saying they really liked palm springs but then like a couple of weeks later it's mm-hmm. out of people's mm-hmm you know, consciousness now, like, you know, and how do you keep yeah. people tuned into things like that? How do things, how do things get as popular as Napoleon Dynamite today? Will it ever happen like that again? Who knows? It's kind of an interesting. Don't know. Maybe that time it's over. Yeah. The last of that sort of, the last hurrah for that sort of uh, thing. Cause the internet the really took, for the weirdos. Yeah. It really took over the internet. So it's like, everything's, like there will be a, a subsection of the internet who would talk about it, but it won't be like, it won't be as big. It's mm. very strange. I don't know. I mean, everything's yeah. so big now too. It hit enough. This is 2000, 2004, yeah. like 2005 was the year it really was like blown up. And it's sort of like so much changed since then, like with big budget superhero films kind of becoming like the forefront of everything. So it's, it's a different world. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood. Crazy. It's a couple years, two or three years before a very dramatic change yeah. in how films are made and how films are watched. And now we're seeing, now we're right in the middle of that, but it's really weird to think back. But it's kind of, I don't know, it's nice. I kind of missed something like that. Like Napoleon Dynamite hit a nerve in a, you know, and made people feel seen in a way, even if it was just people who felt like they were you know didn't belong very alienated yeah in a very sweet funny way and now the million things like that but the really good thing about the internet that you turn a corner and you can find a community of like-minded people who like the weird shit you like or are into making the thing so yeah i don't know it would be lost in the void now but i like to think it would still it would still have had a, a good life I would have I would have gone to see that movie if it came out yet yeah, like last night last night last year yeah I would have gone to the not obviously outside of a pandy if we weren't in a pandy I would go <laughs> I would go see it yeah I mean it's interesting and hopefully thing a lot of other about. people would and then yeah. you go back to school and you're like did you guys see Napoleon Dynamite yeah I mean you'd hope you'd hope that there's still films like that out there you know it's a it's a weird one man it's a weird it's a weird time like because everything is just online 
and that's all there is now. So it's so hard for a film like this or like a little miss sunshine or a Juno or I don't know, super bad mm-hmm. or any of these sort of like, like weird sort of indie films that just, or, I mean, super bad wasn't really indie, but you know what I mean? Like just sort of blowing up and yeah, just yeah. becoming like, like a very popular thing that people are talking about and quoting and yeah, just doesn't exist like that. Oh. Anyway, Napoleon Dynamite, uh-huh. I don't know, 2012, <laughs> they tried to bring it back. There was an animated series. It got canceled after six episodes. Um, Did you see the show? I, I think I saw some bits. I By that point, it was kind of too late. I watched Yeah, yeah. I watched it when it came out. I remember it airing on MTV. And it was a part of like a resurgent in um, like adult cartoons, especially on MTV. I think at the same time, they were bringing like Beavis and Byhead back. Yeah. And uh, they were, re- you know, doing reruns of Dara and shit. Um, and it was just weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just, I didn't know, like, I, I remember kind of liking it and I watched a few episodes. I think I watched all of them until they got, it, it got canceled. But it was just one of those, again, it's one of those, I don't think anyone knows why this movie was successful. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. Cartoon version. Yeah. It doesn't make sense yeah. to do. It doesn't. You don't get any of the same humor. And I appreciate it tried to be something else. It became quirky in a different way, in a way that cartoons allow you to do. You built the world, the town, and all the weird characters that lived in it. Yeah. But yeah, weird and too late. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of too late, they're still kind of mumbling about a sequel, even in most recently September 2020. I got some. Pan, but now Efren Ramirez is like 50. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone in the middle of the pandy gone crazy. Yeah. I don't know. The idea would be sort of like, I guess, Napoleon out of school and just a more like John Heater said if he could do it darker, he'd like to do it darker. Just like a darker, weirder Napoleon Dynamite film. Napoleon Darko. <laughs> Napoleon Darko. There we go. All right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we Napoleon did it. Dynamite. We did it. We did it. Did it. Uh, yeah. He's a missionary. He's a missionary. They're all probably dynamite, like a missionary in Africa. Just Mormons. And he's trying crazy. to find a Leica. <laughs> there you go. I got your movie. Got your movie right there. I got your movie. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if it'd work. Just leave it alone. It doesn't matter. I like it doesn't it matter really anymore. And it just it's hard to even figure out how it worked in the first place. So I don't know. Yeah, it was such a time and place. Yeah. Lightning in a bottle. Group of people that made that thing. Lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Naturally, don't bother. Just watch the original. It's right there, yeah. and it holds. It up does hold up really fucking I'll well. Leave with that. Really it well. holds up still. Surprisingly, it fucking made me laugh really hard. It's still really funny. Very funny because it just doesn't make sense. It's just so stupid. Like it's such a dumb movie. It's great. You roll with it. It's a movie that like forces you to just sit and yeah. be in it, and it's nice because yeah. of that. You don't have to pay attention. Yeah. You just You're watch not going to miss joke. anything because nothing actually happens. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. impressive it's impressive it's an hour and a half movie where yeah. nothing happened and it's not yeah. boring it's amazing never Can't boring say that much for this podcast episode this week so sorry guys 